We're live. How you doing, Anthony? Doing all right, man. How are you? Doing fantastic, man. Thank you for joining me. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while since our last one. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. But um, thank you, everyone, for tuning back in. Another week of recruiting live. Uh, this week, we got the wonderful Anthony Zhang uh, hailing down from Orlando. Um, thanks for coming on, man. You, you want to give the people a little bit of a backdrop on yourself, and then we'll kind of dive in the topic and discussion. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So uh, Anthony Zhang, VP of sales over here at Blissfully, uh, New York-based uh, SaaS management company. Um, but uh, just started here about 30 days ago, so still getting my feet wet. Before that, I was with a company called Fat Merchant. They rebranded to Stacks. Uh, but I started there as their uh, sales leader, uh, grew the company from 3 mil to 25 run rate, uh, got acquired by Greater Sum Ventures, grew the sales department from four AEs, I think, to about 50 individuals with you know, three sales directors, 30 AEs, four SDRs, and two in cross-sell up. So um, other than that, uh, some other claims to fame. I was the first, uh, first hire at SalesLoft. Um, grew that company from 48K to 12 mil run rate and about 120 employees. And then um, I was also the first um, SDR at Pardot, uh, you know, pre-Salesforce acquisition. So that was a lot of fun. We got to build the, uh, the SDR model, so to speak, before anybody really knew what the hell an SDR was at the time. Yeah. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. But other than that, yeah, just a little bit of leadership experience here and there. And uh, here we are today. <laughs> Good stuff, man. So you've been like, through it, like the whole history of, of SaaS and modern, like software sales, as we know it, like you've taken that trajectory and, and been at the forefront of this whole time. So yeah, um, startups are my jam. Something you need to embellish on a bit more. So that's, that's super exciting. And it goes deep, but thank you for joining me today. Um, I guess sort of the topic today is uh, I want to dive into what I'm calling our, our what leaders wants uh, series. So you've obviously been a leader in software sales for quite some time. Many people are envious of what you've done and eager to get into a similar position one day, uh, starting either as an SDR account executive or whatever that may be. And I, I guess I want to dive into a bit about your leadership strategy, your people development skills, and I guess the actions you've actually taken based on of that in the past. And I guess sort of what you think is going to be a helpful resource, a helpful knowledge base for someone that either wants to get into the space, elevate themselves in the space, or take on leadership roles in the space, um, like yourself, uh, like you've cool. like you've done it, man. So, um, it. tell me a little bit about like you never. Um, most people don't always dream of being a sales guy like when they grow up <laughs> most people usually give me the line like i fell into it at some point or yeah. it just kind of happened or, or or whatever it might be or i was down on this i was down on that how did right. it kick off for you what was sort of your impression of it when you started um maybe you were doing telecom or t-mobile or something like that before you even got yeah. into software right yeah yeah so i was actually um I wanted to be a software developer. I actually wanted to write uh, uh, code for video games. I wanted to build video games. So I went to school actually for computer science. Um, and, uh, you know, after my junior year, I actually did uh, an internship over at Regions Bank writing their software. So if anybody had lost uh, any money from Regions Bank in the years of, I think, like 2004 or five, that's probably my fault. But um I realized really quickly that I didn't want to be a developer, nothing against being a developer, but it just wasn't for me. I was in this cubicle writing code for eight hours a day, staring at a monitor. Right. And I just, it, it didn't energize me. Um, and so finally I was like, you know what, I'm going to try something else. I, I actually shifted my career 
to like, um, not career, but my uh, major to uh, pre-med. And I was like, what the hell am I doing? And uh, it was like another eight years of medical school. And then um, I went in and it really excelled on my business classes. So I started like, you know, really getting involved in that. Um, I got my first sales gig as a, as a personal trainer, um, selling personal training contracts. And so, um, you know, I did that for a little bit. You learned kind of the ropes of sales, did T-Mobile sales, mobile sales, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then my first sales gig uh, was actually at Parda. Yeah. And this is, I already had like five years of sales experience under my belt, but no SaaS experience, right? And so this was actually a turning point in my career uh, where Derek Grant, VP of sales over at Parda at the time, took a chance on me. Now, I wanted to be an AE. Right. I actually wanted to be an AE because I was like, I have five years of sales experience. Why am I, what am I doing in this entry level role? And, you know, he explained to me like, look, this is a different beast. This is a different model. You know, you're got to, you got to learn the ropes. And so I had the choice right there to check my ego. I could have been like, nope, you know what? Screw you. I'm going to go somewhere else. And, you know, uh, someone else who deserves me. And, you know, but I was like, you know what? This is my first foray into software sales, into tech sales and the B2B SaaS. I'm going to take one step back to move three steps forward, right? Yeah. And so, but I'm going to be the best damn SDR. I committed to myself. I'm going to be the best damn SDR that Pardot's ever seen. Let's let's right? pause on that for a second, Anthony, because I think that's a challenge that a lot of people see all the time. Like, it, it's almost like, um, I don't know, it's like taboo to be like, uh, like a later stage SDR or someone that's done five years in some sort of ancillary industry, but maybe hasn't touched SaaS before, like, people have an, an interesting impression of it and, and feel a bit anxious to, to make that stuff. Like, can you elaborate a little bit on like how you had to overcome that? Like, what was the vision you saw? And like, did you immediately like see that this was going to be the route to get you somewhere bigger? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I definitely had to internalize that and realize like, look, this is the entry point into something much bigger than myself. Right. And so I, I, I clearly wasn't happy with, you know, the different roles that I've been in, um, which is why I was kind of like, you know, as a personal trainer, as a T-Mobile, I was always trying to find that thing that fulfilled me, right? And so when I had this opportunity, I really had to check my ego. And that's something that I see a lot in the space today, where I'll talk to somebody that has five years of experience selling, you know, door-to-door, you know, charter communications or something like that, which is great, right? I love the hustle. I appreciate that. But it's a completely different skill set than B2B SaaS, right? Inside sales, running virtual demos, ma- managing your pipeline, right? And so the, the ones that I really gravitate towards are the ones that are willing to take a step back and say like, hey, look, I, I see you're hiring. I'm actually willing to be an SDR for you. Um, I'm willing to learn the ropes versus the ones that are like, yeah, I want to be a sales manager, even though they've never been in B2B SaaS right? Like the ones that have the ego about them, like maybe the SDRs that have been like an SDR for two or three months and now they want to be an AE all of a sudden or the AEs that have been, you know, an AE for two years want to be a sales manager. It's like, dude, no, right? Like not, not right now, not today, not with me, right? So I really respect those that have a sense of humility and understanding and are able to internalize like, yeah, you know what? I've, I've done this. I think I have some skills that translate, but I'm always open to learn. Yeah. What do you think about the concept of like SaaS sales sort of has um, like a pay your dues vibe to it in that same sort of regard? Do you think that's totally necessary for someone that's like find a lot of success early on? Like, can you advance quicker through hustle and hard work? Or do you really need to take like time and, and absorb experience through like years in it? 
I believe in merit, right? Like I, yeah. I think that, you know, if you've been an SDR for two months, you're crushing it as an SDR. We need, we have an opening for an AE. You've just been, you know, you've been positive. You've been optimistic. You've been a hard worker. You've been a team player, right? Like all these different things where it's like, great, this person gets it, right? This person gets it. I am willing to take a chance and move this person up to being a, I don't care if you've been here for three months, eight months, 12 months, whatever, right? Like yeah. you determine how quickly you move up based on, you know, attitude, charisma, you know, work ethic, all this kind of stuff. So I think those are the things that I really look for. I don't really say like, Oh, you've been here for, you know, six months, you need another yeah. six months in order to progress. Absolutely, man. Well, let's talk about sort of your progression from there. So sorry to cut you off. You went into, um, as a BDR, you moved quickly, obviously into, uh, a BD uh, an account executive full selling job. And then, um, even kind of skipping through that a little bit, please note on anything important, but you made the move and decision that you wanted to go into leadership. Everyone kind of branches off at some point, I think in their sales career, do they want to be a major key individual contributor or do they want to mentor lead and like train new employees? So you took the latter, what sort of led to that decision? Yeah, I, um, you know, when I was an SDR working with Derek, I, I loved kind of building this SDR framework, right? And yeah. then bringing on other SDRs to then incorporate that framework and iterate against that framework. That was a lot of fun. And so when I had the chance um, to, to do this again with Kyle over at SalesLock, you know, I, I, I had the option to either A, stay with Salesforce or B, like, you know, take the risk, right? And like get to build this thing up from the ground up. And you know, wear multiple hats. And that was, that was really exciting for me. So that's, that's when I decided to make a move, join sales loft. And I was able to build that from the ground up. Um, leadership was always something that was really interesting to me. Like I wanted to be a leader, but I didn't know what being a leader meant, right? Like I wanted to be a leader because I was just like, oh yeah, you're the boss of everybody. You're the honcho, right? <laughs> like you, you can tell people what to do. Like, that's cool. Yeah. But, like I didn't realize what leadership meant. And I slowly learned through years of trial and tribulation, right? That like leadership is about servitude. Leadership is about coaching. Leadership is about leveling your players off, not you know telling them what to do and being the boss, right? Yeah. And so, you know, I um I learned that I actually uh, uh, took a bite of uh, humble pie because I was the I, I had gone up moved up to uh, director of sales over at Salesloft. And uh, I wanted to be the VP of sales there. I was like, oh, I was the first hire and I should be VP of sales, right? But it's like, no, look, this is a business. You don't know your shit as well as you think you do. So I actually brought in Derek Grant to be uh, my boss over at, at SalesLoft. And so, you know, I had to learn like, all right, great. Like I only know so much and I had to continue to progress throughout my career to really figure out the minor nuances of what being a leader really meant. Yeah, that takes a lot, man, to be able to bring yourself and, and be humble enough to ditch the ego and like bring in the support, help and like tenure that you might need. Uh, let's talk about like from there to now, your first experience with leadership and I guess people management. And we'll sort of dive into, I think, more of like the people stuff and, and recruiting, of course, here in a second. But what were your initial thoughts? Like, how did you lead your teams without really having a whole scope or, or background in leadership initially to like how you do it now? What, what are the major differences and what have you learned in these years of being a VP? Yeah, man. Um, I, I think early stages, it was a lot of like, do what I say. And a lot of like, just shadow me, watch me and, and, you know, uh, go from there. I was, I was more of a player coach than an actual leader. Sure. Um, and I think the pivot was really around listening, engaging consensus leadership, right? So it's, 
you know, asking questions like, hey, here's something that we're planning on doing. How do you feel about it? Right. Like, here's something that that I think would make sense for the business based on the mission, the vision, the values, the, the objectives that we're trying to accomplish. How do you think we should get there? Right. Here's how I think we should get there. Is everybody aligned? Oh, no, I don't think that's OK, because we're already experiencing some challenges with this. Right. So as a leader, you know, whether you're a leader of individual contributors or you're a leader of leaders, uh, consensus leadership is, is one of the top uh, criteria that I often you know, try to apply, which is here's what I'm thinking. Here's the mission. Here's the objective. Here's what I'm thinking. What do you guys think? Right. Now, typically, if you have a good rationale, people, you know, start with why Simon Sinek, if you have a good why, people are usually behind it. But you have to be open to other people saying, like, I don't think it's a good idea. Right. And you have to listen to your feet on the ground. You have to listen to your other leaders as well. Right. If you are leading leaders, you got to listen to your other leaders. Yeah. Absolutely, man. No, that's a nice methodology. And I've seen it be successful a lot of times. Um, let's building off of that taking your methodology and like, I guess your leadership style, enthusiasm, uh, and the actual action, like how do you build teams around that? Or do you build teams around that? Meaning to say like, are, are you finding people that are good fits for your leadership style? How are you qualifying that? Or uh, where are you looking for diversity, like in different personas where appropriate? Yeah, I mean, there. I think there's the tangible skills, right? And then there's the intangible. So the tangible ones are like, talk to me about your follow-up, your pipeline management, you know, how you handle objections, all that kind of stuff. I think the basic questions, right? But then you have the intangibles, which is really what I'm testing for, right? So for me personally, I, I care about a couple of different things, right? One is structure and organization. Like, how do you structure your day? How do you structure your pipeline? How do you look at your pipeline? How do you organize like your follow-up, right? I want to know that you are structured and organized. Uh, do you have a system in place? Do you have a process in place? So when I'm asking you questions about like, how do you follow up with your leads? I don't really care about how you follow up with your leads. What I do care about is, well, on day one, I do this. On day three, I do this. On day five and day seven, if they don't respond, I wait 30 days and I do this again, right? Like if you have a standardized process, that's what I really care about. If you're just kind of slinging from the hips, then I'm just like, you know what? Uh, you, you don't really know what you're doing or why you're doing it. Right. And so I'm testing for structure. I'm testing for process. I'm testing to see if you have customer empathy. Right. So when I ask questions like, uh, hey, you know what? Someone ghosts you. What do you do? If someone says like, well, I'm going to be like, why did you ghost me? Like, that's not customer empathy. Right. But if it's somebody says like, hey, is everything OK? I tried reaching out. I'm not I haven't heard back. You know, I want to make sure everything was OK. Listen, I'm going to extend the discount for you. Uh, whatever that 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 empathetic approach. That's what I'm really looking for, you know, and then you have things like, you know, uh, EQ, right? So you're testing for that. Like, talk to me about your wins. Talk to me about your losses. Talk to me about your motivation, your frustrations, right? And I'm testing for your, your EQ. How can you handle wins? But more importantly, how do you handle losses? Do you, can you get back on that horse or are you going to, you know, mope around and, and, and complain about leads not being great, right? Um, so really like, those are kind of the general criteria that I look for. I look for the tangibles and I look for the intangibles. How are you sort of scoping those out? So it sounds like your interview style is very anecdotal, a, a little bit behavioral. Like what are you actually doing to make sure you bring these to the forefront, like the limited conversations you get during an interview process? So that's difficult. Yeah. That's tough sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I just talked about structure and process and, and, and standardization, right? So I actually have a scorecard of my own. So when I'm, when I'm interviewing and I'm asking these questions, on the side, if you guys are interviewing with me, you might see me look around because I'm saying like, okay, 
is this person structured? Is this person coachable? Is this person empathetic, right? Can this person adapt, right? So I'm giving you a, a score, almost like an NPS score, right? To see if you can, you, you fit the criteria. And, and for me, I want to make sure as a leader that I ask the same questions every time, right? I can't ask you one question. And then all of a sudden this other candidate's a different set of questions because then I can't compare the two. Right. So you got to make sure you standardize your questions. And so you can keep that scope pretty accurate. Yeah. And that's um, that kind of brings me back, I guess, to the third part of my long winded question. Sorry, like diversity in your team, meaning like different types of people or different types Mm -hmm. of leaders or would be leaders and different types of styles and how they work. I mean, do you try and keep it pretty consistent to people that work well under your style or do you look for more of a diverse group, et cetera? Oh, always, always diverse. I, I love creativity. I love uh, anyone who doesn't really think like me. I, I love those new ideas that they can bring to the table, yeah. right? So um, yeah, I think, I think there's, there's certainly a, a uniqueness about the individual that also gravitates, more, uh, gravitates me towards them, but in a positive way, right? Yeah. How do you sort of, um, I guess, how can someone interviewing with you or some other VPSL demonstrate a lot of these qualities or even demonstrate their own like creativity and diversity and style? Like, it sounds like they only get a limited amount of time. You've got some pretty structured questions. I'm sure there's a little bit of casual conversation and rapport surrounding that uh, as well to make this nice interview sandwich. But like, what do you think like someone interviewing with you for like an early stage account executive or even a BDR job that doesn't have a lot of experience to go off of? How can they demonstrate these things to you? Yeah. I mean, first and foremost, just know your shit, right? Yeah. Like don't be vague about your answers and your responses. I hate that. I, I be very, very specific. How <laughs> do you do it? How often do you do it? You know, what kind of results you've gotten yeah. from it? Be very, very specific. Um, something that I also care about is humility, right? And so be honest about your experience gaps, right? What were you doing? What happened? What, like, I'm honest about my experience gaps. If you look at my background, I have some experience gaps because I had an ego about me back in the day. Actually, I posted on LinkedIn about it, right? Like, so be very honest about your experience gaps, but also what you learn from it, right? I think that's, that's another thing. Um, I like, I like candidates that are excited, right? Like that are passionate when they're, I, I, I like when they're like really, really passionate about something versus like they're reading, you know, a, a script just to get through the interview, right? Like be passionate, be excited. Um, one of the things that I, I, I love the most is if you can tell me a personal story, right? So one of the questions, um, you know, that, that I ask is what motivates you? What drives you? And I've gotten so many great personal stories of like, you know, there was an adversity with themselves or with their family and they're doing this for them. Right. That's like, that's a great story. I love hearing those stories. Right. But don't throw a pity party, like inversely, right. Like don't throw a pity party and say like, Oh, woe is me. Like people, the world's picking on me. Right. Like that's totally opposite. Um, Yeah. So I, I like humility. I like those personal stories where we get a little bit deeper into who you are, what drives you, how you operate, how you think. Like that excites me. And then the last thing is teach me, right? Like <clears throat> pretend I don't know anything about sales. Like when, if you're interviewing an S, as an SER, be able to teach me about cold calling, getting past the gatekeeper, uh, your follow-up process, right? Your best sequence and cadences, like teach your hiring manager 
your skills and what you know, right? Don't just treat it as like an interview. Teach it as like you treat it as like you teaching them something. Yeah. Moving on sort of from that, man, that's fantastic advice. I think there's a lot of like admirable qualities that people need to demonstrate. Like actually getting into the job, being successful is different than demonstrating it in an interview. And, and obviously you're looking for those traits for a reason because you know those traits generally tend to success, but action wise, like what have you seen help people advance the quickest, find the most success, crush their quotas, and, and just be good employees in, in like a SaaS sales environment. Any short list of, of stuff like that? Um, yeah, I'm just thinking through some of my top performers. Uh, you know, communication, right? Really strong communication. If you don't know something, ask, right? Like be, be very vulnerable with what you know and what you don't know. Raise your hand, ask the, ask the dumb questions that you think are dumb, right? Because that's what's going to propel you and get you ahead. If you're sitting there quietly, you know, and, and we're, we're just kind of, everybody's passing by you, that's not going to set you up for success. So I think that's number one. Um, I think other aspects, you know, work ethic's great, but I also don't want to dive into this hustle culture. Like take time for yourself, right? Like I don't care if you're, you know, working all hours a day or not, that's up to you. Um, but I do look at responsiveness, right? So how quickly are you to respond to an email from a buyer, from a customer, from a prospect, right? And then those other intangibles that we talked about, customer empathy, all that kind of stuff. Um, coachability is another thing, right? So if I tell you something like, hey, great job on this demo, right? Like you did awesome here, awesome here. The one thing I want you to change, right? And usually for me, I only have my reps work on one thing a week, right? So after we do demo reviews, one thing I want you to work on this week is this, right? Is X, right? So if we go through that and you're still doing the same thing over and over, I'm like, okay, great. Maybe, maybe this person doesn't understand. I'm going to tell you again, like, Hey, let's try this again. Still not getting them. That just shows you you're not very coachable. Right. So I look for that coachability. I look for the ability to take something and immediately apply it. Those are the ones that I admire the most. Yeah. I love it, man. I love it. Well, I guess I know we're kind of coming up on time here, 20 minutes, but to sort of sum it up, like stripping away any sort of experience, background, environments, or whatever it is, like, what do you think truly can make someone stand out, be successful, and I guess just like achieve things like you've achieved in, in the SaaS sales space? If you're going to give it up to like one thing through this whole life cycle of getting into a company, finding your passion about it, finding success, and, and actually dominating sales, I mean, what could it be? That's a great question. Um, I'm just thinking back, always be learning, right? Just always be digesting and absorbing information, knowledge from your peers, your your mentors, your boss, whomever it is, always be learning. Um, Humility, right? Stay humble. Uh, You know, humility is is, is a a big factor in it. Um, I had to learn the hard way. Um, ask, Ask for feedback. Right. So if you are trying to get that raise, if you're trying to get that promotion, if you're trying to get to that next level and you get shot down, don't get mad. Ask for feedback like, hey, I get it. What are the things that I can do right now? Like very, very specific things that I can do right now to get me an opportunity to to be reviewed again for this next uh, position. Right. Or promotion or whatever it is. Right. So ask for that feedback apply that feedback, show them that you've applied that feedback and try it again. 
right? Um, and then, you know, get, get, a, get a council of mentors, right? Get a council of mentors, uh, people who you can go to and ask for feedback, ask for advice, um, and just continue to grow, continue to grow through, you know, podcasts like this, continue to grow through <laughs> these other resources, right? Just always be learning. Good, man. Well, I love it. That's some fantastic advice. And, and hopefully, uh, I think plenty of people can take some good stuff away from this other than myself. So thank you again, Anthony, um, for joining me, man. Where can the people find you if they can find you? I know you write some wonderful content on, on LinkedIn, specifically geared for SaaS sales professionals and uh, do a couple other engagements. Do you want to plug yourself real quick? Uh, yeah, I'm uh, speaking at AISP's virtual summit. Um, so you can find me there. But yeah, LinkedIn's probably my primary medium working on uh, working on my social game with Twitter and Instagram, not doing too hot with that. But uh, we'll see. They take a bit. We all are. <laughs> but cool, man. Thank you again, Anthony. This is really insightful, man. I appreciate the time. See ya.